Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the My Scotts Valley Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Robert Aldana, also the publisher of the My Scotts Valley Facebook page and, of course, MyScottsValley.com. I want to welcome you. Hope you had an awesome holiday season, and guess what? The rain is out. I was just uh, a little while ago, I've been doing a little bit of research and a little bit of work on this next topic that we're going to be talking about today. And as I'm doing it, there's like hail coming down from everywhere, and it was pretty powerful stuff. It wasn't your... Your typical hail every once in a while, just a little bit here and there. No, it was some serious hail. And when you have hail, you got to be careful when you're driving, especially on Highway 17. First of all, Highway 17 is one of the, without a doubt, one of the more, um, I don't know if I want to use the word dangerous. Maybe I should. Only For those who don't respect the road, it's a very dangerous road. And the biggest accident I ever got on on Highway 17, I'd been in two accidents since I've lived here, and I've lived in Scotts Valley for going on 24 years now. I've gotten in two accidents. One was I had a customized license plate, and somebody wanted to read what it said, and he rear-ended me on 17 going towards uh, Silicon Valley. And another time, we were driving. I was driving by myself, actually, which I'm thankful that I was by myself and not my kids. I was driving by myself, and a lot of hail was coming down on 17 as I was heading towards Santa Cruz, and I remember seeing this car coming right towards me on the freeway at full speed. I remember it happening, and I remember just bracing myself and thinking, oh my gosh, what is about to happen right here? Because there's nothing you can do. When, when you're in a situation like that, there's nothing you can do, and Boom, I got hit, and uh, luckily, I did not get injured. Um, Neither did the family. We pulled over, and they were fine. It was a family, and I could just see the look on the guy's face as his car was heading towards my car. I mean, I saw the look on his face, and I practically saw his bare knuckles on the steering wheel just like bracing himself, but um, point I'm making is just be careful out there because when it's hail and when it's raining, uh, it it can be even more dangerous than Highway 17 already is. So I just want to wish all my Scotts Valley friends to just just be careful out there and respect the roads as I know most of you do. Respect the roads and uh, drive safe because we want you to make it home safe. We want you to make it to work safe and you and we want you to make it home safe. So today's topic, I'm going to be chatting about, uh, you know, what happened with the real estate market in in Scotts Valley in 2019, what's going to happen in 2020. And I think this is a very timely topic. Um, One of the reasons why is because, and I talked about this before, when I was talking about like the best of 2019, how so many people in the Scotts Valley area are super interested on what's going on with the real estate market. You want to know why? Because like three out of four people in Scotts Valley own their own homes. So three out of four people own their own homes in Scotts Valley. That means that 75% approximately of the people who live in Scotts Valley want to know what's happening with their investment. And so so today I'm going to focus a little bit uh, or a lot, most of the show, on what happened in 2019 for the Scotts Valley real estate market, what we think is going to happen this year. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, and, and so on. But, you know, I'm one of those guys where I really believe like the numbers don't lie, right? The numbers never lie. Whatever the numbers are saying is pretty much what's happening. You can't change the numbers. You can't change the stats. The stats are what they are. And that is the stats. And that tells you what happened. And 
I'm one of those people who really monitors and follows what's going on. Because, you know, I'm actually a realtor, as many of you may know. I'm a real estate professional. I've been a realtor for 34 years. And I believe that, you know, as a real estate professional, we should know our profession. We should know our inventory. We should know what's going on in our marketplace because that's what we're selling. And, you know, when people rely on me or another agent to give them advice on the market, how can you give advice on the market if you're not following and studying the market as you should be? And I'm just, man, I don't know why, but, you know, I really dig that kind of stuff. I dig stats. I dig analysis. I, I just get into it. And so we're going to start off today with chatting about 2019 and what happened. And honestly, uh, the 2019 Scottsdale real estate market, it really delivered as as people predicted, including myself. I, You know, what happened in 2019 was pretty much in line with what a lot of experts were saying was going to happen. Uh, one of the things of note is that single family homes in Scotts Valley saw an increase of 45,431 in average sales price. Okay. Which is pretty much in line with the value of what, what the value of homes did last year. Um, the average sales price was $1,247,095. That represented about a 3.8% increase in average sales price. And uh, so, and you'll see the diff- the, the the very various um, common things between single family homes and townhomes in terms of the increase in sales price this year versus the year before 2019 versus 2018. When you look at it, homes went up what three and a half four percent more or less in the Scotts Valley area. That seems about right. So. The average sales price increase was very much in line with the average appreciation. Those are two different things. Okay. The average sales price basically talks about what are the average homes selling for today. If you were to add all the homes that sold all last year and you were to average out what that sales price, that'll tell you what the average sales price was. And it's not always indicative of how much homes went up in value because a lot of times you'll see. The average sales price go up by you know one hundred and forty some odd thousand. That's because more expensive homes sold. It doesn't necessarily mean that homes went up one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Well, this year I think it was much more in line with what I think um, the average appreciation rate was. You know, three and a half, four percent, maybe five percent this year. I don't know if we saw that in two thousand nineteen for the Scottsdale real estate market, but it was pretty close to 3.8% increase in average sales price. So that's kind of cool to see that that number kind of stay in line. But the downward changes, there were a couple of notable, noticeable ones that um, I, I feel we should pay attention to, and that is the days on market. The days on market for 2019, that means that the, the days that it took for a home to go into contract was 44 days in 2019, which is about 10 days more than the previous year. It was like 34 days was the previous year. But one of the more notable things that I saw this year was the average sales price to list price ratio as homes sold for about 97.9% of asking price, which was approximately 2% less than the previous year. So let's talk about why that's important. Well, what that tells you is that home buyers in 2019 said, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. We're not going to pay over asking price on these homes. And if you think you're going to get that much and We'll let that property sit and we'll come back around when you lower your price. That's really what buyers did last year. And they were very, very successful in many, many ways. And the average of 2%, you know, is is quite a bit. 
you know, it's 20 some odd thousand dollars difference in the average list price to sales price ratio in terms of what buyers paid the year before versus last year. So they paid like some somewhere around 20 some odd thousand dollars less in average sales price in terms of what the sellers were asking for versus the prior year. And, you know, what's interesting about that is a lot of people say, gosh, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, the market's about to take a tumble? No, not at all. Okay. That means that buyers were now more susceptible to negotiating on properties. And you know what? Home sellers were too. A lot of home sellers were like, you know what? At first they're like, I'm not going to negotiate on my price. And after their home sat on the market for quite a while, eh, home sellers started saying, you know what? Maybe I do need to negotiate on my price. Maybe I, maybe I do need to do that. And I saw that a lot in 2019. A lot of home sellers really got the message. They got the memo that said, hey, if you're not going to give a little bit of a negotiating, you're not going to sell your house unless you've already priced it pretty low, substantially low, so that it'll generate a lot of offers. But you know what's interesting too is townhouses and condos also saw similar changes in the average sales price increase as the average sales price was about $22,602 higher than the previous year. That's the average sales price. The average sales price for townhouses and condominiums was $656,535 in 2019. That is a 3.6% increase in average sales price versus the prior year, which again is very close to the 3.8% increase in single family homes. And once again, I believe that was very much in line with the actual appreciation rate also. So that was interesting to know, but one of the notable differences in that segment of the townhouse and condo uh, market was the list price to sales price ratio being 99.2%, which was 9.9% less than the previous year. So the previous year, I think, was like 100.1% average list price to sales price ratio. So it's not like a huge, huge jump. But here's what I did see that made a difference last year with townhouses and condominiums. The days that it took to sell townhouses and condominiums skyrocketed from 14 days in 2018 to 41 days in 2019. That's quite a jump. That's quite a jump. So it typically has been taking 15 days, 10 days, 12 days maybe 20 days from townhouses and condominiums to sell for the past few years. Last year was 41 days. That's a big jump. That's like two and a half times the amount of time that it, that's about two and a half times the amount of days on market in 2019 versus the previous year. So what happened? I really believe that a lot of the townhouse and condo sellers, uh, Made moves. There's a lot. I talked to a lot of uh, townhouse and condominium sellers who are like, "Gosh, you know, all these new developments that are coming into town. You got the, you got the Grove. You got the Cove. The Grove is the one um, townhouse development right next to Highway 17. And there's still some on the market there. And then you have uh, a couple other ones. Uh, Chris Perry did a really nice townhouse development in Scotts Valley, which is kind of kitty corner from the uh, middle school." We saw that uh, those homes start coming up on the market in late 2019. But even though they came on the market late in 2019, 
a lot of home sellers were already anticipating that to happen. And then you got the cove that's coming up on Scotts Valley Drive, which is going to be behind the new building that Canapa's building. That's actually be a beautiful development. That really is. So home sellers were anticipating these teams coming up on the market because obviously the Cove hasn't come on the market just yet. But home sellers were anticipating these to come on the market. And quite a few home sellers talked to me and said, you know, Rob, I want to make a move because I think those are going to affect the value of my property. And did they affect the value of the property? I don't think it affected the value of the properties uh, too much, but it did increase the days on market, which means that um, there was just more competition. More competition now with the terrace in Scotts Valley, which is that development that I was telling you about, which is kitty corner from the middle school. And now that that's up, that's competing with some homes. The homes on Blue Bonnet, those that beautiful development uh, on Blue Bonnet uh, Lane, the four bedroom, three and a half bath, those got a little bit of a of a pushback, just a bit, just a bit, not too much because of the other townhouses that came into play. Right, City Ventures is the ones who built them, and they also are the ones that built the Grove, which is on the other side of Highway 17, where the old Polo Ranch barn used to be. So the same builders, same developers. I think we saw a little bit of a competition that Scotts Valley townhouse and condo sellers didn't have before, and that's why you probably saw more days on the market. The average sales price to list price ratio. Let me explain what I mean by that. That's the average amount of sales price versus what they're asking for. So in other words, if someone's asking $100,000 for a property and they're averaging a sales price of $99,000, then the average sales price to list price ratio is 99%. And you can kind of do the math and understand where I'm coming from. But the average sales price to list price ratio wasn't that big of a difference in the townhouse condo market, but the days on market was. That just means that people were taking their time a little bit more, but they really did that all across the board, to be honest with you. And um, we saw that. And now that the dust has settled, and I think that uh, more of these townhouses are coming on the market. We got that other development off of Lundy. Uh, you got the uh, the Cove that's coming up. I think that you're going to see a lot of the same in 2020. I don't see any other townhouses coming on the market at the moment that are you know going to be a major development uh, other than the ones that are already in play. The Grove, the Cove, which is being built, and... Um, the terrace in Scotts Valley, and of course those that development, which is like duet homes off of Lundy by the water treatment plant. So I don't really see much more coming up on the market, or even being built or on the horizon, unless uh, um, builders or developers want to buy some of the land up and want to build something. So maybe that's further down the road, a couple years down the road. I, I think personally, you're going to see a push this year from the golf course, Valley Gardens, I believe that you're going to see a push from the developers, from the builders. This is going to be the year I think that they're going to come out with more information. I'm not sure why they're not they're not sharing as much um, info on what they plan on doing. And perhaps it's because they don't know just yet what the plan is. And I get it. It's, I'm not criticizing them uh, at all whatsoever. Eh? You, gotta, you want to come out with a good plan. You don't want to come out just winging it. So I get it. And I respect that. But um, there just hasn't been a lot of information out there, so I think that's going to be the next competition. But I don't, I don't think that's anytime soon, and it's going to be tough for me to think that um, they will change that um, property into residential when right now it's zoned open space. But that's another topic for another show. Um, so what does this all mean? What does this all mean with with the Scottsdale real estate market, with homes being on the market longer, with the with home buyers negotiating a little bit more? Here's two words that I want to give to you. And these two words 
kind of summarize it all. Stabilization and normalization. Think about those two words. That's what we're seeing. Stabilization and normalization. The stabilization of the real estate market and the market becoming much more normal. And let me explain. You know, when I did some research, I uh, we talked about this at the beginning of this program here. I'm a big research guy, and I love to analyze and read and study the market because it tends to tell me where the market's headed, not just where it's at today or where it was yesterday, but it also tells me where the market's headed. And I also study the real estate market in Silicon Valley. And why? Because the the Silicon Valley real estate market tends to be a precursor of where it happens here in the Scotts Valley market. And I'm seeing much of the same in Silicon Valley. You're seeing homes last on the market a little bit longer. You're seeing the sales price to list price ratio less than it was before. The, that market there is experiencing a stabilization and normalizations where homes are holding their value. But really, the days of all these multiple offers where home buyers are were making you know ridiculous offers on properties, those days are not the norm. There are some particular properties that are just extremely attractive in neighborhoods that don't come up very often. So those are going to command top dollar and the entry price point, that price point, because it attracts so much more, more people can afford the affordable price point. You're going to see that market continue to stay pretty hot. But more days on the market right now are the norm, and that's happening in Silicon Valley, and it's happening here. I've said this before. We're like the barnacles on a whale. The whale is Silicon Valley. We're the barnacles. Wherever the whale goes, we go. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for us to have a reaction to what's happening in Silicon Valley, but eventually we get there. So is that a good thing? Well, we'll talk about that because when you read market predictions, and here's one thing that I that I, I got to tell you all: if you get an opportunity, read some of the market predictions in real estate for 2020 for the Bay Area. And what you're going to see on a lot of these headlines, it's going to say the Northern California market is going to cool off. The Northern California market is going to be one of the cooler markets in the country. See, that's what the headlines are saying. But when you actually read these articles and these reports and these predictions, what the reports and the predictions are saying that is the values of home will continue to rise. They're just not going to rise as fast as some other areas in the country like Texas and Carolina where you're seeing an influx of buyers that are coming either from Silicon Valley or just their own high-tech that they're building over there, their own high-tech areas where they have companies going over there. You're seeing appreciation, rapid appreciation in many other states and many other places in the country. So when you compare this, what they're saying, and I'm not kidding you, read the article. It'll tell you head on, dead on what I'm saying here. If you read the articles, they're not saying, and I agree with this, they are not saying that the California real estate market is going to crash. It's not. They're just saying that the crazy appreciation rates that we saw for so many years are a thing of the past. It could come back because you never know what happens with the economy and so forth, but... 
What they're saying is if you're seeing 8, 10, 12% appreciation in Texas and other places, maybe we'll see 4, 5, 6% in Silicon Valley and in the Scotts Valley area. Maybe you'll see 3 and 4%. So you're still going to see an appreciation take place this year and the following years. We just live in an area where we are our own economy. Uh, Silicon Valley, the tech field, the tech industry, it's its own economy and there will continue to be jobs. And as long as there are jobs here, there will be the need for housing. So read Read and read like you're hopefully you read my article that I posted or you're just listening to this podcast because you don't have time to sit and read. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I have a hard time sitting down and reading something. I'm, I'm more into podcasts. I, I love just like, hey, man, if you got a book to tell me about or if you tell me to read a book, I don't know that I can read it. Just I'd rather listen to a podcast about the book. That's just easier for me. So if you're one of those and you're actually listening to the podcast rather than reading the article, I'm going almost verbatim on what the article says. So you don't necessarily need to read that article, but there's some good information on there and a couple of really cool videos that you may want to take a look at. But um, I believe that we're going to see more of the same. Okay, this is a very healthy market that we are starting to see. This is a very healthy market that we're starting to see. Three, four percent appreciation, bring it on. It means that you got to remember the crazy appreciation rates that we had are not sustainable. People were getting an increase in income, but it wasn't nowhere near what the appreciation rates of homes were. So people were making good money, but they still couldn't afford a home. They weren't making money fast enough to be able to buy a home. And the fact that homes are taking 45 days is more of a normal time frame to sell. I wrote an article that talked touch base on, you know, when I did my whole report for 2018, which is last year, January of last year, where I kind of went back a little bit and, you know, talked about days on market. In 2013, when the market was stable and it just bounced back and it was already pretty solid. The average days on market in Scotts Valley, you know what they were? 48 days. That's when the market was stable in Scotts Valley, 2013. That's when it's like, okay, cool. The market is active. It's good. It's not crazy, but it's good. People were buying homes. Average days on market, 48 days. So if we're at 44 or 45, we're, that means we're headed towards a normalization of the real estate market, which again, it's super healthy. I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, we saw buyers that fired back and said enough is enough in 2019. And I think that, you know, they had, I like to call it buyer fatigue. And I think that 2020 will be a lot of the same. Buyers are going to buy as long as you're reasonable in your price point. And uh, interest rates continue to stay as low as they are because they are pretty darn good. As long as all those things continue to take place, bars are going to continue to buy. Okay, they, they just are. And I think it's healthy that we have a more balanced market versus everyone going nuts, going after the same house because there's only one or two properties. Now, on that note, I will say this. One thing that I feel is super noteworthy is a decreased inventory. There's there's less inventory. There are less homes that sold last year versus the previous year. In other words, the amount of homes. There are less amount of homes that sold 2019 versus 2018, and it was noticeable. 
I think some of it has to do with the recent tax reform that we had a couple years ago, because what it's done is it's changed the tax benefits for home sellers. And instead of selling and moving down because of some of the tax incentives that went away or that were reduced, there's a lot of home sellers out there saying, you know, gosh, it doesn't make sense for me to buy down because I'm still going to be paying more property taxes. And you know, it's just not going to make sense for me because I don't have the write-offs that I used to have. So one thing we will have a little bit of a squeeze is an in inventory. I think we will continue to see a squeeze of inventory, which means I think there'll be less homes to sell this year. Same thing as last year. And uh, that may put a little bit of squeeze and urgency on price points, but not too much because buyers are, are smarter today. And uh, so... The question is, should you buy a home? And I say this time and time again. If you're going to buy a home, if you're going to buy real estate, think long term. If you say to me, hey, Robert, I want to buy a house, but I want to sell it like in two or three years, don't buy a home. Because by the time your closing costs and everything are done, that's going to be what your home went up in appreciation. Don't do it. But if you think five, seven, 10 years or more, yeah. I'm a big believer in 10 years. 10 years to me is my minimum cutoff. If you're going to buy a house, think 10 years. If you're seven years, yeah, that's cool. But I'm like, hey, 10 years to me is that line where no matter what you buy your home at today, with the appreciation that you'll have, even if you have a little bit of a uh, of a slowdown in the market, you know, and some of your loan balances go, to go down in 10 years, it's going to be a little bit. And you'll get some appreciation. That's where you should be thinking. Another thing you should only be thinking is consider long-term fixed rate mortgages. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Rates are so ridiculously low right now. I think doing anything than a 15 or 30-year fixed rate, you're taking a chance that I wouldn't take because rates are phenomenal right now. And I don't know how much longer they're going to be. It could be like this for quite a while. They surprised me. A lot of people were talking about rates going to 5.5%, 6% in 2019, and instead they went the reverse. They went down. But do the math, you know, and uh, see if it makes sense for you. And I would say go fixed, okay? Go 15, 30-year fixed rate mortgage and go 10 years or more. So should you sell? Should you jump ship? <laughs> well, think about this. In this market, in this particular balanced market, when you sell your home, more than likely you're going to need a new home to purchase. And when you combine a more normal and healthy market with low interest rates today, making a move to upsize or downsize is actually not a bad time. I'll tell you why. Because whatever it is you upsize or downsize to, keeping your rates low is going to keep your payments low. Right? But not only that, you have much more of an opportunity today to make a move Subject to you selling your home. In other words, making an offer in another house subject to you selling your home because the home that you're buying doesn't have 150 buyers waiting to buy that house. There's buyers out there. Don't get me wrong. Buyers are out there. But there's not 150 buyers to a home. So if you find a house that you like, there's a really good possibility that a home seller would be willing to do a contingent sale, meaning contingent upon you selling your home to buy that home. So that's what a balanced market gives you. It's balanced, it's stable, and it's friendlier. Now, again, like I said earlier, there's going to be some homes that are going to sell quicker than others. They just, they're just are. Like there are certain areas. I sold a home on Sunridge um, 
on Sunridge Drive, 523 Sunridge Drive, that was just an incredible property, beautiful, and we sold it with multiple offers, and you know we did some pretty cool marketing on it, awesome video on it, and we got multiple offers and sold in eight days for quite a bit over asking. You're going to get those on occasion. You're going to get certain properties. I sold uh, a house on Deerfield, which is now the record highest sales price on Deerfield Drive. I sold that within a matter of like days in Scotts Valley because it's a neighborhood that very few times do homes go up for sale in that neighborhood and it's worth every penny. Buyers happy, the sellers happy. Yeah. So those things are going to happen. Certain neighborhoods are going to just take off regardless of the market because they're in such high demand or they're in a particular price point. But as a whole, I think this is going to be a much friendlier, stable and balanced real estate market in 2020. I truly believe that and beyond. So uh, that's my report for 2019. Um, if you have any questions, shoot an email, robert at robertaldana.com. I think that the information that we put forth today is pretty much right on the money, pardon the pun. I believe that. Um, I, I Like I said, you know, at the start of the show, 2019 started off like we thought it would. And, and I believe that we make our predictions based on market knowledge, um, studying of the market, and an overall knowledge of our profession, meaning, you know, this is what I've been doing for 34 years. So I feel pretty strongly about my predictions and about my report, and I hope you enjoyed it. You know, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, reach out. Shoot me an email, robert at robertaldonna.com. I can always be reached directly also at 831-252-3959. But I want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. The next podcast that we got coming up is pretty awesome. We got some great podcasts coming up in 2020. Oh my gosh. I'm not even going to tell you what I got coming up in the next podcast. You're going to find out it's going to be rocking and really cool. I think you'll enjoy that. Plus, I got some other really cool stuff lined up for January and February and beyond. I want to thank you again for tuning in to this podcast. Thank you for being a part of the My Scotts Valley uh, community. Really appreciate you being on our Facebook page. Love the commentaries, the interactions that we have. And you know what? We're not always going to agree on on stuff. And, and that's totally cool. I don't want friends that agree with me all the time. Who does, right? I just want us to continue and we do it. Continue to have that respectful conversation and continue to say, hey, I agree with you or I don't agree with you and this is why. And that's cool. And there are many times when <laughs> nobody's wrong. It's just an opinion and it's all good. But I thank you for being a part of our my Scotts Valley community for tuning in here and for making my life special because having you guys around, it, it gives so much, much more meaning uh, to my life every day. I really enjoy reporting things to you guys and just really enjoy being part of your life just as uh, vice versa. I hope the same um, that you are feeling too. So have a great day, everyone. Happy 2020. And I look forward to hearing from you soon.